Hey there, folks. Jeff here. I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thanks so much for all of your support of the show so far. If you didn't know already, you can find the video version of the podcast on YouTube. But no matter where you listen, if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or five stars, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening and supporting the show, and I'll see you soon with more all-new episodes. Hey everybody, my name is Jeff and you're listening to another episode of the Dirty Decibels podcast and I am joined by Ms. Valerie Trainer today on the show. Um, Val hails from Montreal and is the sole proprietor of Rainy Day Renegade, which is a multi-mixed material art store, all kinds of really cool stuff, um, jewelry, accessories, pins, enamel pins, um, you're, you're making dice, like multi-sided dice for different types of gaming. I'm a huge fan of the stuff that you make. It's also, uh, you've you've tied your art into the world of mental health awareness in a really cool way. Um, and obviously it's like super connected to music. So um, I'm super curious to ask you how how you kind of got started in your your art making and and where you kind of where you kind of got your your inspirations from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, yeah. I actually started I started with making prints because I used to paint a lot and I was like, I should make something of this. So I started making prints and did a few art markets. And then I was like, okay, hey, well, I have so many other ideas that are not just, I can't just put them on paper. I need to make things. So then I kind of took those designs and turned them into pins. And then I was making pins for like a year or so before I started getting into resin. And that's my main thing that I'm doing now. Yeah. Working with resin. Is that like, um, it's a, is it like acrylic resin? Is that what? Yeah. The... It's like, yeah. You mix like the two parts together and then super toxic, dangerous. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to wear like a respirator and gloves and all that. So, I mean, you just look like, you know, you're a normal person out braving the pandemic at this point. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> pretty much. One of my roommates calls me Valbot 3000 because whenever I talk while I'm wearing it, I sound ridiculous. <laughs> but. You, should, you should record it. You should like make a little character. <laughs> oh, I really should. Um, so you like have done a lot of touring um, yeah. with some different bands and like worked in the music world and stuff like that a lot. And, um, you know, obviously like there's a big crossover, I feel like, mm -hmm. between music and and art and like particularly like apparel and things that people are wearing like yeah. pin, pins and patches and um a lot of the the, the kind of stuff that you've been making so like how did that kind of influence your journey with this like <laughs> well the the pin community is huge which is awesome and everybody's so inclusive and everything and anytime you need help with anything everybody's going to help you out and what one really cool thing was at fest last year not last year there was no fest last year the last fest that we went to I made like a bunch of little mystery things and I dropped them all around the festival and was like, took a picture of it and was like, Hey, I left this here, go grab one. And part of how I got into pins too was like, I really like that pin. I could make something like that. <laughs> did you start out with enamel work or did you start out with like other, other forms first? I actually had, um, my, one of my relatives had gifted me this like ancient button maker. Like this thing had to weigh like 70 pounds. It was so heavy and may only made like three inch buttons and it was super rusted and I probably shouldn't have been using it because tetanus. <laughs> but <laughs> I started making like giant buttons. That's how it started. Okay. And then enamel pins, just seeing them everywhere. But you can't actually get them made anywhere in North America. Really? Yeah, they're all made in China. If you find somebody that's making them in North America, it's just a middleman. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that like, why is that? I don't know if this is fact. I've never actually looked into it, but I heard that it's because of the emissions that they give off because we have different like pollution laws and stuff. Okay. So they can make them in China and also they can be, you can make coins with them. Okay. So I don't know if like for they're, they're worried about like people counterfeiting counterfeiting money 
Yeah, that's just what I heard. But <laughs> well, what's like? What's the process like to make them? Is it is it difficult? It's a like- the hard. The longest part is just finding a manufacturer that you like and that you trust. Okay. And it's all like trial and error, which sucks because you have to buy multiple. Like you have to buy like fifty minimum. Right. Right. To make it worth getting them made. Okay. I went through a few manufacturers. My my second one was good. I stayed with them for a while. And then all the pins that I was getting from them were just garbage. All of a sudden, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to switch manufacturers. But now the one I have now is really good. Yeah. So you just, you can like kind of submit, you can just submit your design like. Yeah. Of, and then they'll, well, they'll. When I first started making pins, like I was like a pen and paper kind of artist. I had nothing. I didn't know anything about digital art. And I got Illustrator, got an, a laptop that had like a tablet built into it, which was cool. So I was just designing pins like that. And one of my first pins, I didn't even know how to like bend fonts. <laughs> so I was like writing in my own handwriting and then sending that to my manufacturer. And they're like, yeah, we can work with this. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I can barely work with that. <laughs> yeah. That's rad though. I mean, that's cool that they like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's something like there's something super authentic to like putting pen to paper mm-hmm, even if definitely. even if you like eventually translate that into like a digital form and then send it off yeah if it starts out that way you know i'm jealous of people who can use like those tablets that you can like write on with a with a where it's like it just looks like a giant trackpad and you can like write on it with like a pencil type stylus yeah. thing I, like i've always thought those are so so cool but they look like they're so hard to like yeah. really get the feel for and like actually draw stuff that looks like pencil on like in Photoshop mm-hmm. or whatever or illustrator. Yeah. No, I have an iPad now and I, I love it. I don't actually know the last time I drew on paper since I got my iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I don't really like, I don't know a lot myself personally about like the, like you mentioned like the pin community and like, I think there's like kind of a pretty large, community in general like art community in general attached to music like yeah i mean so we met through like a mutual friends band and like going to festivals Mm -hmm. like puza fest and 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 the fest in florida and stuff like that and like one of the things that i feel like those types of um environments like the 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 community that you meet at like the fest kind of has opened my eyes a lot to like all of the different uh, adjacent communities definitely of, like makers and art uh, professionals that kind of exist in the music world no oh, definitely and we're all like that's the thing about music is that we're all creatives and maybe music isn't our thing but then like painting will be our thing so we all we're all kind of drawn to like other like-minded creatives you know yeah yeah do you do you find that there's like I mean how how big would you say that community really is uh, in terms of like the people that you've met personally? Uh, the people that I've met just who I would consider like close friends, like not like best friends, but like close friends yeah. in the pin community. There's a, there's at least 50 people that I've met just from making pins and talking to people about like pin making and sharing, like throwing ideas back and forth. And anytime I have trouble with a design, I'll send it to one of my other friends and be like, Hey, can you help me with this? And, it's never a problem and yeah awesome. yeah i think it's i think it's cool that it, like everyone's always sort of uh willing to help out in art in any way that you don't yeah. even realize it can be intimidating sometimes especially with music oh, too i feel yeah. like you know bands and musicians like feeling like you you don't maybe necessarily know a lot about a specific thing and going mm-hmm. into that community being like kind of intimidated like it happens with music a lot but then you start talking to people and they're like yeah always interested in sharing the things that they like and like inspiring you to take, take those things and tweak them and like do different things with them. Definitely. I have a, I have a tendency to like jump head first into things. Just like, I know not, I knew nothing about resin and I was like, I'm going to just research the hell out of it. Had no idea what I was doing even after the research and people have just been like, Hey, you should be doing this differently. And at first I was not wearing gloves at all which was so dumb, but not wearing gloves, not wearing a mask. 
And just people were like, hey, by the way, it's super dangerous. So now anytime I see somebody not doing that, I'm like, please wear gloves. Yeah. Don't make the mistake that I did. <laughs> Some of the, a lot of the things that you make, um, you, you also have to do, like you also have to put heat to them and stuff like that, right? Like um, actually, materials just to like get the um, the bubbles out. You're you're not technically, but you you can use either heat or um, what's the word for it? Rubbing alcohol. <laughs> it gets the bubbles out, but yeah, you're not really supposed to heat it up because when you heat resin up, it gets like more toxic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what other materials have you worked with besides, like, are your are the earrings that you do resin as well? Uh, those are actually clay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are clay. And then I, I coat them with like a, a top coat of resin. So then okay. they're actually like shiny and durable. So you're heating those in terms of just like letting the clay harden. Oh yeah. Not, yeah. I bake, I yeah. bake the clay. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And it smells horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your favorite material to work with? Resin or clay? Resin. Uh, yes and no. It has its downfalls because I'm always, I'm the type of person that's like, as soon as I start something, I want to see the end result like right away. And yeah. it has to cure for 24 hours. So I just sit there and watch my dice. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what got you inspired to like start creating the dice? Uh, my, my best friend is really big into D and D. And I am not at all, not because I'm not interested in it, just because I have nobody to play with. <laughs> but like, I've been trying to get Bobby Edge to bring me on one of his quests because <laughs> he's is really Bobby, big into is it. Bobby into D and D. Bobby's so into. D &D. I would not picture Bobby being a D and D guy. That's so funny. What time is it? It's like six thirty. His D and D starts at seven o'clock every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are like doing it virtually now, obviously, right? So yeah. they're just like getting on a Zoom call or like a video call and playing together i never really yeah. quite understood how it works <laughs> yeah it seems if you're just like on the outside listening to it it doesn't seem like i don't think that it seems that cool but then i'm just like i can imagine being in that world and how awesome it would be yeah, yeah. my my best friend plays D, &D and I, i'm always playing with her dice and i was like i could probably make these yeah so then i looked up how to make them like i made the the molds to make them myself too which was a big overtake undertaking and, and the molds <laughs> are made out of a different the, are the molds are like kind of made out of rubber or like how do you make yeah it's silicone oh silicone okay yeah so that's like something that it's liquid and you have to form it and then let it yeah. cure yeah so what's that process like it's uh it's pretty much the same as resin just not as it's still a little toxic but it's not as toxic you just mix like half and half and then you just stir it for at least five minutes if you don't if your arm doesn't hurt you're not doing it long enough and then you just pour it over whatever you're doing, but make sure that your little like housing, whatever you're making the mold in is sturdy enough that it's gonna hold up because if not, it leaks out the sides, which I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool though, because you you for D and D stuff, it's like eight-sided die, right? Or six-sided die, or like it's yeah, not it's just like, your standard cube. Yeah. And I did start making just like the standard ones too, because I I play dice with my friends all the time. So so do you like, have to you have to have like two sides to it? Yeah. So you I, I make them in like this little tin and I put like transfer tape, um like sticky tape on the bottom, then put the dice in it and then pour it. And then once it's cured, I take it out, wrap tape around it like crazy so it doesn't leak at all, and then pour like a lid on it. So gotcha. So you had it you have to start with I feel like it's like a chicken or the egg thing. It's like you got to start yeah. with dice to make the mold, then make yeah, your mold, basically. then pour new dice. And you wonder like who made the first dice? Like how did they do it? <laughs> you... <laughs> you like get, somebody like... had to make something first. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they chiseled it maybe out of wood. That I well, guess that I, could make Now sense. I want to know what the first dice came from. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get masters made from like, 3D printers make like masters. So you're not just like taking other di dice from people and making copies of that. Right. Which would be made out of like a plastic. Right? Yeah. And then, yeah. 
Yeah, 3D printing is rad. 3D printing is like it's so cool. So neat to me. I like it's very complicated and yeah. There's different ways to do it, but it's always like whenever I see it, it's super fascinating. Did you ever see those like 3D printing pens? I've heard of it, I think. It's more like a kid's toy, but it looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, it it's like low powered enough that it can run on a battery but it just like kind of gets hot at the tip or something right and it melts yeah. like yeah then you just like can draw things with yeah, it yeah that's kind of neat almost yeah. like a like a hot glue gun <laughs> yeah when i was I a kid if i could I... just put plastic in a hot glue gun <laughs> i know problem solved <laughs> when i was a kid i used to play with i definitely used to kind of like play with a hot glue gun sometimes just because i thought it was cool that you were sticking the stick of glue through <laughs> it and like melting it into like um so so you were you were talking about like getting your start with like visual art and like being a like were did you get into music first or did you get into like painting and drawing first music was definitely i was yeah musician since i was like this big <laughs> it was never this big <laughs> i was trying to show you but you can't see that well, Since I mean, I, was like a toddler. I suppose technically we were all that big at some point. Yeah, I guess so. You're right. <laughs> but, but, um, did you, what did you get started playing? What was your first? My very first instrument was the recorder and then the ukulele. And then in middle school, I played trombone. Then in high school, I played trombone still. And I was really into like show like choir and stuff like that too. yeah i've been singing geek. since i was, yeah, I was a fellow totally band geek as well amazing and a a uh, april and i were talking about about that briefly when she was on yeah <laughs> i talked to april a couple weeks ago too yeah i, I was a, i was an alto sax guy i was uh I, <laughs> I actually played berry sax for a while nice yeah and then uh i got an electric guitar and couldn't play it very well and then I got an acoustic guitar and couldn't play that very well. And then I learned how to play bass. And then that was, that's my instrument now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So when did you move into like doing the, the graphic arts? Um, shit. I think I started painting like my mom was a painter. So I think I started painting when I was like 13 or 14. And it was kind of one of those things that I like picked up, put down, picked up, put down. But I didn't get into it seriously until probably like 10 years ago. Like most of the paintings in my apartment are ones that I've done. And then I watched them slowly get to the point where I thought that they were good enough to sell. <laughs> yeah. No, some of them are sick. I uh, I, per I particularly love the uh, the anchor one that you still have up on your website and may or oh. may not be planning to snatch that up. <laughs> um but uh no no it's really cool um one of my like one of my favorite things about the stuff that you've been making is your connection to like mental health and like mental health awareness and the way that you mm -hmm. tie that in with your with your art um so like you have like the enamel pins that have a medicine bottle and say stop the stigma and you have yeah. like the brain that says get in loser <laughs> we're going panicking yeah um and I think people, it's amazing how time and time again, like when you see somebody else who understands or like gets something that you have experienced or like you can relate to in that way, mm -hmm. it's so, it just brings a whole other level to like, oh, hey, this is a cool, you know, piece of jewelry or it's a cool pin or whatever, this like yeah. whatever. But when it's like something that you get on a deeper level like that, um, I feel like it just makes you appreciate the art much more. It makes you like want to consume that art much more. Um, so where did that, where did that kind of angle of it start? Um, well, I have severe anxiety. I'm medicated daily and it took me years and years to finally see a doctor about it. Like my best friend threatened to call the police on me because I was not doing good. And I went to the, I went to the doctor and found out that I, have severe anxiety and it was like a side effect of it was severe depression so it was just a bad time and then I was just like I don't want other people to go through this so I'm like now I'm a huge advocate for it I'm like forcing people to okay if you're not if you think that you're not okay we're gonna get you some help I know that you have to make the first step but I want to see you get better 
because I don't want anybody to go through what I did. And so it just kind of did it start to, it just sort of started to show up in, in the stuff that you were making. I think it was very, very natural, especially like there is such a stigma around like taking medication and yeah, that that was my first pin was the end, the stigma one. So it's just like, fuck it. It's, it's okay. If you need pills to feel like yourself. I think, um, you know, it's like just inevitably so much conversation, uh, on this podcast and, and elsewhere has, has hovered around mental health because of the pandemic and because of the way that things, things have been this past year. Um, and it's this, this constantly repeating theme of, of the art that everybody's making right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been super drawn to people that are, that are connecting with it in that way. Yeah. Um, you can see it all around you that like, oh my God, not only are, not only are like lots of other people dealing with this on a normal basis, but lots of other people are realizing that they've been dealing with this throughout, through this pandemic. (laughs) Like so many people are like, oh yeah, like, uh, yeah, like I've, I guess I have anxiety too, you know? Yeah. And then people like us, like you and me, who have dealt with anxiety our entire lives, which I have yeah. as well, are like, yeah, like <laughs> fucking everybody yeah. deals with this on some level everybody or another. Does. <laughs> like it's a spectrum, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and my favorite one of those pins is definitely the get in loser, we're going panicking one. I laughed so much when I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think people's, people need to see it and they love to see it because yeah. they, they like have... I don't know. It's it ties together something that I think is the reason why people are drawn to music in the same way, you know, yeah. is like finding a community of people that understand you and don't judge you. Mm-hmm. And like, what better way to blatantly say that with what yeah. you're wearing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it's really cool. I um. Thank you. I you're welcome. I think. Uh, I think we need to incorporate that more into mm-hmm. everything that we're we're doing and we're talking about on a daily basis. Yeah, it definitely needs to be talked about more. Like, you don't need to shy away from how you feel, right? What is the community like in regards to those types of issues, like mental health issues and stuff like that in Canada? Like, do you think it differs from the United States at all? Because I would be super curious to know how you kind of feel about that. Well, I find that there, there's still a pretty big stigma up here surrounding mental health. Just like maybe it's just because of the like my work environment is very like against talking about your feelings, which is shitty. But mm. yeah, there's definitely like still a stigma up here. I don't know what it's like in the States, but. Yeah, I mean, there there is there is it's getting mm-hmm. better. Punk rock is kind of this haven, right? Like it's this safe mm-hmm. haven where you feel like you can go anywhere. I can come up to Montreal and I can be in a room full of people that are speaking an entirely different language that I do not know and yeah. still feel like I'm at I'm home. I'm I'm with yeah. my people, you know, which is amazing. That's what's so great about the punk community. And the punk community in the United States has been I think I would say the punk community in the United States has been doing a lot of work lately. Mm-hmm. The yeah. punk community in the United States has been working on itself a lot. Yeah, You are starting to see mental health and talking about mental health and talking about yeah the stigmas around mental health a lot more now in the United States. Oh, that's so good. Five years or so than perhaps there was a time when you didn't. Yeah, definitely. How's Canada been like since, you know, since the pandemic and all of this kind of got started, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of what's been going on in the United States has been like worries in regards to venues closing and, um, you know, all of the stuff that goes along with this. So like, you know, you're selling, you're making things that get sold at merch booths and you're, you're, you're making visual art and graphic art and, uh, and physical art. That's like, involved in that world i mean how, how has kind of the pandemic been it was actually um on your side of the border with all this stuff <laughs> actually since most people are turning to shopping online now it's actually been pretty good for me i'm also like 
my my store is only like three years old so I'm just seeing like continual growth which is amazing but like the past few months have been my best few months and I'm wondering if that's just because of the pandemic or because the stuff I'm making is cool or stuff like that but yeah not being able to do like markets sucks there was there's one uh the loser jamboree which is like um a broken stoked kind of thing at foofs and uh it was in may it's yeah it's in may i think so it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic and i was supposed to, that was the last market that i had really signed up for and i was super excited because it was gonna be my second one then nope everything's shutting down okay so just yeah i missed i missed the in-person yeah like, that atmosphere do they have a lot of those markets up there that you can participate in like as as a creator like yourself yeah there's so there's the loser jamboree and then there's um the pusa's pop which is like a kind of flea markety thing and then there's a there's a few other bigger ones too and then etsy has all the ones that they do but but the, yeah. the loser jamboree one's my favorite yeah yeah i mean i feel like especially with the stuff that you make like people people want to connect over it talk about it like get yeah at least get a sense of like who who made it and like kind of uh I, it's just those vibes you know i don't know yeah. there's just something <laughs> sometimes i lack the words to to uh Oh, me too. I should. I, I, I lack the words that I want when I'm hosting the show to talk about <laughs> the things that I'm I'm talking to people about. But like, there's a character to the art that you make that is um, much more than just like a wearable or a decor. Like it's it's yeah. just got a it's just got a character to it. It's got a vibe. I, I, <laughs> I, I even to the point where like we could talk about you've made. Um, like these little little mini sculptures that you have oh, created <laughs> uh you've created beanie baby style tags to go with them you remember yeah. like, you remember beanie babies right like they had yeah. the little things that would have like the birth date of the animal and what the animal's name is do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about how you what your little ins your inspiration like kind of behind these little guys was and like where that came from yeah um so <laughs> My biggest thing when I'm drawing is I can't draw eyes or hands, but I don't draw hands anyway. So, but drawing eyes, I always just make like giant eyes and everything looks super cartoony. And then I was like playing with my clay one day and I was like, I could just make these. And then I saw there was actually a girl who makes these little, I can't remember her name, but she makes these little worry wart things. And they're just like these little sculptures, but they're all sad. And I'm not about that. I'm just like, I want happy in your face shit <laughs> so yeah. but um yeah the eyes that she uses are like these little glass eyes and i didn't know that those existed so i went on the internet and looked for them and then a few days later i got them in i was like okay what can i make so i just like designed a bunch of food most of them are food i have like a traffic cone too which is one of my favorites and they just have like little um I, when i started making them i finished baking them and i was like this isn't enough I was like, these need adoption cards. And that's how the adoption card thing came in. So it's like their name and their date of birth and where they're from. And then like likes and dislikes, which was harder to think of than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel like everybody, like almost every person could find one of these little, these little guys that like <laughs> is their little guy that like that. Yeah. To them. Um, <laughs> when I was, a, when I was, Wh which kid, one is yours? I, I'm curious. I probably either the like owl cupcake because it, it's a cupcake, but it looks like an owl a little bit. Oh my God. Me. It does look like an owl. Um, or, or the pineapple because <laughs> the pineapple loves black coffee. Oh no. He dislikes black coffee or she dislikes black coffee. I like the pineapple though. I don't know. There's something. I'm, there's something I'm, I'm jiving with on, with there. But I like all of them though. They're great. I love the uh, giving them personality and their like yeah type of thing. But um, but I I think my favorite of of the stuff that you've been making is definitely the enamel pins. Like, um, it's it's really good. It's really cool. I like the taco that Thanks. says um, it's okay to fall. <laughs> it's okay apart. to fall. <laughs> yeah. I was actually gonna um, do a Kickstarter to get the um, I designed 
pin versions of the little clay creatures that I made. And I, I launched the Kickstarter, but this was like three weeks ago. And I don't know what I was thinking when I did this because I'm moving in like two months, less than two months. <laughs> so it was like a week into it, I'm like, I need to cancel this and just relaunch it in the fall because there's no way I'm going to be able to fill, fulfill all these before I move. But hopefully in the fall, those will be coming. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you did you find like what were some of the challenges to to growing a business like this and to like getting getting it to the to where it is now and kind of like getting it off the ground? I mean, like, did you find it relatively easy, like within the music community to kind of get people interested in this stuff or like um, with the pins? Yeah, everybody seemed super on board with the pins. And then as soon as I started like veering off in different directions, because after I after the pins was the earrings that I started making, which still like people like accessories, but still like I found that it was less people from the music community that were interested in it. And I, I still definitely want to keep a lot of it tied to the music industry. Cause that's been my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hardest part is especially now with the pandemic, there's so many people that started small businesses at the beginning of the pandemic, which is amazing. Yeah. But now it's like fighting to be seen sort of thing. Yeah. Especially with no markets or anything. Yeah. I, I, I guess that, like there's ups and downs to everyone's motivations. Like since it started, I guess everyone's like into creating things or like had more time on their hands to explore like art that they like mm -hmm. and stuff that they like to make. But at the same time, it also oversaturates the market. And I mean, case in point, yeah. we're, we're on a podcast right now and yeah, <laughs> every, every person I know and their sister I've actually <laughs> and their roommate has a podcast. So. Next to me is my notes for the podcast that I'm starting with one of my friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, case in point, right? Like yeah. everybody has a podcast and, uh, and I, and I'm okay with that. This, this yeah. is, this is my therapy. This is therapy for me. Exactly. Like, talking to people who make art about the art they make and what drives them to make it and, and like yeah. how they, how they use it to contribute to the world. And like, that's, it's it's yeah. for me i make it for me as much as i do for anybody else you know that's that's how i feel about my art too like i make it first because it makes me smile and if it makes other people smile great yeah that's a rad philosophy okay. i think that's a, i think that's an important <laughs> philosophy to have yeah because because if you're not happy with your art nobody else is probably gonna exactly. be anyway you know it's just like the vibes aren't gonna be there yeah um yeah, I mean, I think I think too like I've been so in, involved in the music world and stuff like that for most of my life that I I'm really enjoying exploring people who like talking with I'm I'm enjoying exploring talking to people with who create other types of art as well. And yeah. how they have like parlayed that into the, into their experience with music but also um how they've, you know, use their passions to make something that is visual art or graphic art or, mm -hmm. um, you know, done something charitable with it or raised awareness yeah. about something or use it to talk about mental health, use it to, you know, inspire other people. It's, it's been really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think the stuff that you make too like appeals to a wide range of people. It seems like, I feel like it yeah. can fit in in a lot of places. <laughs> um, I like the, the home decor stuff that I've been making. It's been where, super fun. Where do you draw like some of your biggest influences from visually? Like where would like style wise, where would you say is kind of your main your main um, as far as resin goes, anything bright and glittery. Like yesterday I, I finished working and I turned around and my roommate was like, You're literally fucking covered in glitter. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't ever get that stuff away <laughs> no and then i immediately hugged him and did not let go <laughs> so now yeah but uh, i'm just like i'm always i've always been drawn to like really bright things so i'm always incorporating some sort of neon sort of things into my work and, and really cartoony things like i love super cartoony like happy things yeah I mean, we're, we're like, obviously like similar ages, I'm assuming. And I yeah. think, um, 
I think there's been a lot of push lately and a lot of like renewed interest in like nostalgia and kind of Oh, definitely. calling back to the the 80s and the 90s yeah. like that that neon sparkly kind of um Yeah. vibe. Um I feel like some of the ear- the earrings and stuff that you make too to me almost have a have a little bit of like a mid-century modern kind of mm-hmm. vibe to them too. Some some of it in a way. Yeah. Um that I think is really cool. I don't know. It reminds me. It's like kind of got a groovy. Yeah. They're like a little retro-y. Like I want to just put on my roller skates and wear them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is rad. But then you've got like Plague Doctor pendants, which are are pretty cool too. Yeah. Like, um, but in like glittery, sparkly yeah. purple or blue or whatever. Like, I, yeah. like that, that, I mean, I, I, I love the mix, the mixture of, of vibes that comes from just from like I, I throw everything that's in my brain onto the paper that I'm working on <laughs> see what comes out <laughs> do you create most of the designs that way like do you sketch things or like do it in a, uh, in a 2d form first before you yeah almost almost 100% of the time like I've with my iPad I'm just like I have an idea I need to write this down and if I write it on a piece of paper it's going to get lost so I sketch it up on my in procreate and then just even when I started making the clay things, I have just a, a bunch of drafts of ideas of what I can have for them. And it's always 2D first. Do you have to make the forms for like, so anything that you're doing out of resin, I'm assuming like you have to have kind of a form for it, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of those I order online and, or also, I'm starting, I, I want to get more into making my own molds for them and then selling the molds because I think I have cool ideas when it comes to that shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I found, um, there's a girl out of Toronto, Two Scripted Sisters. She makes, with her with her laser cutter, she cuts the, the, blank, the blanks for it. And so I got like these self-defense keychains before I found out that they were illegal in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. I just remarketed them. It's fine. <laughs> but they're like these little owl ones. And I designed that actually while I was sitting in the emergency room because I fell down the stairs. <laughs> I'm fine. But hey, if they're owl ones, it's like it's got that aesthetic and they're useful. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't see any problem with that. Those shouldn't yeah. be illegal. <laughs> exactly. It's just a keychain that you can fit your fingers into the eye holes. Totally Con- normal. Conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to get into making more silicone molds, especially like where I'm going to be living until I get my own, my actual, like my own apartment in Halifax. Um, I won't be able to pour as much resin unless I do it outside because my workspace is going to be in the basement. So I don't want to be exposing the people in the house. So that right, is, right. My apartment's really well ventilated and everything so that's fine but yeah so i want to make more silicone you got more like um more country more space more open space out there though too probably a little bit so you'll be oh yeah i think you'll be good (laughs) yeah Um, and no covid which is nice yeah are they like is halifax is nova scotia very low i think there's like 10 active cases right now in the province wow yeah they uh, when there. the pandemic hit, they closed the border between Quebec and New Brunswick, and they're just like, you cannot come in here, and if you do, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So when I move there, I have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, which is fine. Canada takes shit seriously, which is a good thing. Eastern Canada takes shit seriously. The rest right. of Canada, not. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, I know. They still have wackos up there that are like their version of Trumpers like absolutely it's called have, the entire province of Alberta yeah like they have <laughs> like fucking big truck pickup truck driving dudes yep. who like hunt and like love right-wing nonsense like and don't like it's the same <laughs> there are actually people in Alberta having rallies waving Trump flags yeah and he's not even in charge of their country <laughs> no <laughs> not even a little bit no not even close <laughs> handsome fucking bro is in charge of your country 
Yeah. He's doing but, an um, okay job, but not great. <laughs> like, not that great. But also, I feel like if you move, I mean, at least if you move to a major city in Canada, you might be better off yeah, than in definitely. some major cities here. But I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think overall, like, you've got you've got the good, you've got like these positive vibes. You've got this very PMA. That's from spending so much time with Michael Terry. It's worked its way very well into your art. You know, yeah, it's worked its way. Like regardless of the decade it's calling back to, regardless of the thing, the PMA is always there, you know? Um, And, uh, and, and I, I think that's just really fucking cool. Um, I, you know, the other thing is that, like you're talking about the stigma behind mental health and like Mm -hmm. part of that is just part of that first step of like overcoming that right is just like talking about the fact that it exists absolutely (laughs) that's that's honestly the hardest part is admitting that something is wrong yeah because i thought it was totally normal to lay on the couch after work and cry for six hours apparently it's not (laughs) <laughs> well, and and it's it it might be important to learn that maybe that that's not normal, but it might also be really important to learn that many other people have experienced that same thing. Yes, definitely. And that like you you can't be upset with yourself for that. You just need to understand that it's like yeah, self awareness of like okay, I need to work on this. But um, but no, I think like calling awareness to that through mm-hmm. something like a pin. Or something like uh, earrings or jewelry or painting or whatever um, makes it easier for somebody else to see like, oh, this person's like, this person gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you're kind of like, you're kind of creating a conversation starter for yeah. other people who are consuming your art in that kind of sense. Yeah. Maybe? I definitely like want people <laughs> to wear it and be like, okay, this is a safe space. You can talk to me about it. Yeah. Kind of yeah, totally. It reminds me of like Frank Turner's like show armada thing that he had going for a mm-hmm. while. Where like you wear the pin and yeah. if you're if you're alone at a show, you like can see somebody else wearing the pin and be like, Oh, you're part of the okay, cool. And then like you make friends. Yeah. Or maybe you don't make friends, but like you just make like an acquaintance. You make an acquaintance for the night. That actually happened when I, I saw Mongo Horde. Frank Turner's hardcore band in uh, in Brooklyn last December, two Decembers ago. I've last year didn't count, so last December. It's like it didn't <laughs> <And> happen. <laughs> there was a person standing totally alone, and I it was my birthday, so I was just a little bit drunk, and I was like, "Let's be friends." <laughs> and I don't think that they were that into it, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the point. Is it's like knowing that somebody else is like under like understands or can relate to something that you can relate to yeah has such a huge impact and you don't think about it you don't think about it in something as small as like a little piece of art that you're wearing Mm -hmm. you know yeah i um i think that i think that it's I think that it's contributing to the conversation more than maybe even you might realize it does, you know, in that sense. So probably I'm not very self-aware. <laughs> you, you were talking a little bit earlier about starting the business and kind of getting it off the ground. And um, I was, I was just curious to know, like if you reached a certain point where you were like, Oh, this is what I can do. Like not obviously not full time, but like this is legit business that I can do. Yeah. Um, actually last November. So was it last November? Time doesn't make sense to me anymore. Not the November that just passed the one before I was realizing that I was, cause I was working full-time at the cafe and this business is also more than full-time. So I was really getting burnt out and I was looking at my sales versus what I make at the cafe. I'm like, okay, I can go down to part-time. So in December, I went to part-time just doing four days a week with like shorter shifts. And I was doing that up until a month ago, but then we had somebody quit at the cafe and we weren't getting any resumes. So my manager asked me to come back to full-time. I was like, okay, I'll do it temporarily. But now he's like, oh, this is, you're going to stay like this for like a while. I'm like, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been really great lately. Like, I feel like this could one day be a full time thing. What do the logistics of that look like? I mean, because you're doing everything yourself. You're like shipping. You're obviously making the stuff. Mm-hmm. Packing, shipping, ordering. Like, how does that start to become like a full time business? Um, I feel like it's always after like a few months, it kind of was already a full-time business just because of, like you said, I'm doing the packaging I'm doing all the orders. I'm listing everything. I'm taking photos of everything. Right. Right. Writing all the descriptions, figuring out the pricing, all that. And uh, yeah, it was getting to the point where I was, so I work six to like one, I would come home, sometimes take a nap often not. And then, have lunch and then work from like two until 10 or 11 at night. And that leaves me like five hours of sleep. (laughs) Thankfully coffee is free where I work. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of access to it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm curious cause it just, a lot of people I think don't think about how much it takes, you know, to, to make art in that capacity and put it out there in that capacity for people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing with, with the enamel pins, those are like my easiest thing in the sense that like, as soon as I send them off to the manufacturer, once I have them in hand, I take photos, I list them and then I don't have to think about them. Right. But everything else is I'm constantly making new things and sounds like I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not at all. I love it. No, 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 totally. <laughs> but, but just, yeah. so, I mean, I think it's good for people to understand like, you can There's compare so it to being more, a band right? and putting work into making your music and like yeah, pre-production, recording albums, booking tours. I mean, it yeah. is a full-time job in and of itself yeah. um, that obviously doesn't yeah, get recognized like, as much. Um, that's one thing with smaller businesses as well is just like a lot of people see it like as far as let's don't want to talk money, but let's talk money. So many people say like your products are overpriced. Okay, but then there's this that goes into it. There's this that goes into it. There's this that goes into it. And if you price it out accordingly, even if I were to pay myself $15 an hour to do everything that I'm doing, I would. it would be like 10 times the price. Right. Right. So. I know. It's 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 frustrating. It's super it frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know what it's like. <laughs> in a way, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um it's it's just kind of this cloud that hangs over the art world in a in a in a negative way. <laughs> yeah. The one negative thing I guess that you could you could point to where it's like people don't recognize how much work goes into even having a show sometimes. Yeah. You know. Um that that's the perspective I can speak from. No, it's but like, I, I understand that too. Like I used to book my own man's shows and all that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um and like it makes the it makes the art itself worth purchasing and enjoying you know it's Absolutely. that much more it's that much more authentic yeah. um do you do you ever see a world where or do you see uh, a future where like you would custom make stuff or you would do things on commission or like have stuff um, I actually order? I do already have custom orders okay like all of my all of my dice, you can get like custom options. So you just like select custom and then just tell me what colors you want and I'll do that. Nice. But I try to, I was starting to do that around Christmas time and then it got too overwhelming and I had to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's right. Yeah, that's I'm, cool. Yeah. I'm always open to it too. Like if one of my, my roommate's friends, her Christmas tree fell over and the only thing that broke on it was her wedding ornament. Oh shit. So yeah. So she asked me to make her like another one out of resin. I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. And she brought me the flowers. And then I learned that you have to kind of prepare flowers, dried flowers before you put them into resin. Cause it will not set properly <laughs> and it gets like super gooey and gross. But then I used fake flowers that were the same color as hers, but yeah, I just, made that for her and I'm super happy to do it. It's like, absolutely. If you need something done, just message me. And if I have time, I'll do it. If I don't, then I will tell you so. Yeah. It's 
So one thing about the art community is that collaboration is always there and always yeah. like, encouraged, you know, or like, Hey, I'll help you out with this thing. And like, Hey, that inspires me to do something else. And then like, yeah, you know, people are always bouncing those kind of ideas off each other, which in a creative way, which I think is, is really cool. Yeah. So. My friend, um, AM and I, she has a company called shut up, get rad. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're from, she's, she, she lives in Philly. She makes a okay. lot of really cool art. And, uh, we keep talking about collaborating on stuff like every couple of weeks we're like, yeah, let's collaborate on this. And then we just forget. So this is a <laughs> gentle reminder that I will message her as soon as I'm off the phone with you and be like, Hey, remember we were going to make some, some sticker packs together. Uh, yes. My podcast was productive. Yes, it was pushing something forward. <laughs> I always, that always makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. Thanks for, for having chatting me. about um, the stuff that you've been making. You can find all of Val's art, all of her products at rainydayrenegade.com. Um, she has a beautiful store set up where you can search all of her stuff, pins, dice, uh, earrings, jewelry, and even even little 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 sculptures that come with their own birthday cards. <laughs> Uh, that tell you what they like and what they don't like. Um, it's really, really great stuff. It's uh, there's some mental health awareness stuff. There is um, some some spooky inspired stuff. You've got you know bloody knife earrings. You've got flower earrings. You've got the happy and the sad. Everything all right in the same place and in a very nice balance. Beautiful balance, the way it should be. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been it's a good pleasure. to see you. It's been great to see you too. It's been a pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Um, as always, thanks for listening and, uh, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>